Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. In this episode, it's going to be the second part of my Week 8 episodes. This is going to be the preview to Week 8's football and giving you guys my three best bets as usual. Uh, This week is also going to be a little special because it obviously is Halloween this weekend, so we're going to be sticking with a spooky haunted theme, if you will. Uh, I also want to point out before I get too far into this, if my energy levels are a little lower today or my brain seems to be working a little slow, uh, just bear with me. I've had too little sleep these past few days and I'm running on too much caffeine, starting to crash out, uh, drink about yerba mate about four hours ago and I can feel it wearing off already so we're gonna try and get through this as quickly as we can we're gonna try and avoid yawning we're gonna try and just keep it rolling keep the energy going while we can and in this week's episode we're gonna have our usual best bets as mentioned we're gonna have two more best bets which are gonna be called my spooky bets uh this is because these bets in honor of halloween theme i would advise take these with extreme caution or don't at all you know you guys can just completely ignore these and call me crazy whatever you want to do do what you will with them but they're a lot more risky than the normal bets and that's why they're called my spooky bets also sticking with the halloween theme and sticking with something that i said i was going to touch on earlier this week i'll be discussing trades i believe teams should make to make themselves even scarier come playoff and late week football so when you really come to the crunch time you got to win those divisional matchups at the end of the game or excuse me end of the year those week 18 matchups and then also going into the playoffs really help them make that final push these are some trades you guys should be looking out for or teams should be looking out for to make for themselves But before we get into any of that, we're going to start with our best bets. As always, I'm going to start with the very safest bet here. Just get this right off my plate. This is a game that I couldn't believe the odds when I first saw them because it just felt like such a no-brainer. I was truly surprised that they were this close. And sure, I might be jinxing the shit out of it right now just by saying this, but it's Tampa Bay versus the New Orleans Saints. Tampa's favored by four and a half points in this one, and again, I just couldn't believe this line. I just think these teams are on such different levels right now. I really think you can't compare the two, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, starting with the Saints, they have zero weapons on offense outside of Camara that really frighten you and really can punish you for blitzing, which we know Tampa loves to do. Sure, Michael Thomas might be back this week, but we got to remember this guy hasn't played in a very long time. He's got damn near no chemistry with Jameis Winston. I don't even know how many times they've, you know, passed the ball between just the two of them. Um, How many times you've run routes for him. So it's just, you got to expect a lot of rust. You can't expect him to just get 100% of snaps immediately. Um, They're going to ease his way into this system. So even if he's there, it doesn't make the biggest difference in this scenario. Uh, Another just focusing on Tampa's side of the ball, they can already stop the run extremely well. Well, And yes, Alvin Kamara, as mentioned, is one of the best weapons in football and should always find some success that in the games that he does play in. But Tampa's linebackers are going to be back and healthy in this one. Devin White's been healthy. He's been playing. We know how good he is. But very importantly, Levante David, who was injured the past few weeks, he is set to play this weekend. It sounds like he's good to go. Um, Unless, of course, there's any further setbacks from here, but it doesn't sound like it so far. And those two linebackers are just, they're two of the fastest in the league. They're two of the best in the league. Uh, Great duo, and they can at least contribute to containing Kamara and not having him have 
such an explosive game as he did against the Seahawks last week. And sure, the Saints defense is good. It's good. I'm not going to just completely skip over it. But this Tampa offense, in my eyes, is just the very best in the league right now. Tom is playing. He just looks so comfortable, so mistake-free, so effortless almost. He just makes it look so easy right now. And I think that is because he's so comfortable in this scheme. And him and these coaches are just gelling very well, as well as these receivers. Um, as we saw, you know, they just... They, there was a chemistry that they were missing in the first part of last year, and they're just skipping no beats to start this year. It's very obvious that Tom is feeling great in the system. And again, Tampa is just on a completely different level from the New Orleans Saints right now. And Tom is playing like an absolute MVP. In, even in his 50th year in the league, it's just awesome to see. So with all that being said, give me Tampa Bay to win this one 28-17. And... Now we got my first spooky bet. I'm very excited to talk about this one because I genuinely think, even though these bets are designed to be high risk, um, I think they're going to be high reward. And this is one I could definitely see happening. This is going to be Detroit over the Philly. Over the Philly? Over Yeah, see, this is where the sleep deprivation and caffeine is kicking in over the Philly, over the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> excuse me, and yes, I'm not even talking about the spread here, I'm just talking about the money line straight up, I think that the Lions are going to win this one, I think they're going to get their first win of the season, sure, I may be a little blinded right now by how much I love Dan Campbell, because I think he's doing great things, and he's coaching the right way, and he's got First off, he doesn't have very much talent on his roster at all, and he's just making great decisions. Again, love the way he's coaching. But I just don't think people realize how close the Lions have been in some of these games. I mean, they are practically extremely competitive in every single game they've played. Sure, there's been a couple outliers to that, but I mean, come on. They kept it close with the Rams for three quarters, for God's sake, and they should have beaten the Ravens, most likely. I mean, if Justin Tucker's not just the best kicker in NFL history, they don't win that game. So there's just a lot more going on here than people don't really realize. Excuse me. And on the flip side of that, I don't trust the Eagles' offense at all right now. I think Hertz is all over the place with his passing. I've talked about him extensively in some of my last pods, and he is just not very accurate with the football, especially passing downfield. Uh, they've already shown an ineffectiveness of running the ball in their offense as well and almost a refusal to. They hardly run the ball there, and I don't think this is a game where they really start it up uh, simply because where the Lions' strength is their O-line and their running backs, which uh, if you got a strength as running backs in an o offensive line, that means you can shoe clock, you can keep the opponent's offense on the sideline, and that forces Jalen Hurts excuse me, to play catch-up. And in my opinion, that's a not just not a good recipe. It's just a recipe for failure, if I'm being completely honest. That's not what you want if you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. You want him to be making those short and immediate throws. You want him to be managing the game. You want him to be using his legs and establishing the run game. Um, and you can't really do that when you're playing from behind. So you can take this argument however you please. You can completely disagree with me. You can agree with me. Uh, but that's why it's a spooky bet. That's why there's a lot to look out for here. And that's why it's not one of my best bets. It definitely, definitely is not one of my best bets, but I think the lions will be able to pull this off and you can, this is another point that sure you guys can say like, Oh, well that's a bullshit point to make, but I'm going to say it anyways. 
I don't think this Lions team is bad enough to go 0 and 17. I truly don't. And looking at the rest of their schedule, looking at the schedule they've already played so far, um, I think they're just bound to get a win sooner or later. And I think they're honestly past due for a win, as I've said earlier. So I think this is the week they can really pull it off. And I hope they do because that would be awesome for them. I just truly feel bad for Lions fans. I don't even give a fuck if I'm a Bears fan. It's just, man, poor Lions and poor Dan Campbell and poor Jared Goff. And I hope they go out and win this, win this game this weekend because that'd be great for them. So there's my first spooky bet. Moving on to my second best bet, and this is going to be, uh, I only have two best bets this week, simply because I didn't know what else to really talk about, and um, if I'm being completely honest, oh wait, no, I'm totally lying, no, I have three best bets, I was like, wait, I could have sworn, I thought, okay, ignore me, ignore me. My next best bet is going to be Dallas versus Minnesota, uh, this is a very similar scenario to my first best bet i just think these teams are in completely different tiers right now sure the vikings have kept it extremely close and they have been very competitive with some of the best teams in the league such as the cardinals but i think the vikings right now are somewhere between you know like the 18th and maybe the 12th best team in the league and i think the cowboys at least in my books are easily top five they have definitely established themselves and put the rest of the league on notice i think they're going to continue to do that this week uh yes I understand Kirk Cousins is playing some of the best football he ever has in his whole career. And Dak might be a low 100% in this game just because he still could be fighting that calf strain injury. But I just trust the Cowboys so much more right now, as I've already, you know, hinted at. Um, and it's really the points that makes this bet appealing. Uh, being a one and a half point favorite, the Cowboys are in this one. It just seems like it's sure this could be one of those games where it's like damn how did vegas know and you know the cowboys only win by a point and then all the betters get fucked and i could definitely see something like that happening but i mean even if the cowboys win by a last second field goal which i could certainly see that still covers you know what i mean like it's it's you could argue the opposite like wow these points are just so close it's like can you really take that like how could you but in the same, in, that's the exact same argument you can make the opposite way. Those points are so close that even if it's a very close game and the Cowboys just take the lead towards the very end of the game on their last possession or whatever, all they need is one defensive stop, theoretically, and they could cover that spread. So again, it's, it's sure there's some risk here. Sure, you could argue this could be a spooky bet, but hey, it's Halloween. These, these got to be all a little spooky, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Minnesota does have a great pass rush, um, but a very inconsistent secondary, and I believe that is just the major X factor here. I think that's going to be their downfall, and I think that's going to be just enough to push Dallas over the top, and I think Dallas is going to win 31-28. to That's obviously covering the over-under as well of 55 points last time I checked it. Um, oh, I should have said this earlier, but all these odds are from CBS Sports, and they're all coming on Thursday night here, just before Thursday night football. Just should have said that earlier, but spin that out now. Anyways, I think Dallas is going to win, and I think they're gonna, that over is going to hit on there. It's uh, The over-under is at 55. This obviously totals the score at 59 points, um, and I could easily see it going over that. So again, if, you want, if you're feeling really risky, feeling really spooky, feeling like you want a little thrill this Halloween Sunday, go ahead and take the over on that too. I'm not saying I'm making it my best bets because I'm not, but maybe I should have made it a spooky bet. All right. Moving on to my second spooky bet of this week, we got Jacksonville versus Seattle. 
And although Seattle's defense did play a lot better last week than they have in weeks past, I think that's more representative of how bad the Saints offense is outside of Kamara. Um, as I, you know, I referenced that earlier. I just think that Lawrence is going to be able to take advantage of this Seattle defense. And I think that Lawrence, we've seen him be getting, he's getting better and better every single week. He had a really stuff, excuse me, really rough start to his rookie campaign, but we've, Again, we're just seeing him get more and more comfortable. We're seeing him build more and more chemistry with these receivers. We've already seen something very special uh, happening between him and Marvin Jones, who I love that guy. Marvin Jones is just a stud. I've always liked that guy. Um, and I think the Jags, again, can really take advantage of this with the weapons they have, with this chemistry building between LaVishka, Chanel, and Trevor, uh, Marvin Jones and Trevor, even... Uh, James Robinson's just really getting going very well. Um, that tight end that I can't remember his name right now that they got from the Dan, Ar Dan, Dan, his name is not Dan, Dan Arnold, I believe I could be mistaken about that. Let me know guys. Anyways, um, this is just, again, one of those more gut feeling games. I feel like I don't have too much to say here, except that I just don't trust a Geno Smith led Seahawks team at all right now. And I don't think that Seattle's strengths of their teams play very well into this matchup simply because we know how much I care about matchups and Seattle's biggest uh, offensive strength or honestly they're on their entire team their biggest strength is obviously when Russell Wilson's not on the field it would be quarterback if he was is wide receiver and Geno Smith just I don't trust him enough to take advantage of that and really what I'm trying to say is the quarterback situation right now is handicapping the receivers abilities to really shine and i think that's one of their strengths of their team and that's really what they're built around that's really what they want to do they want to be an attacking offense and they want dk and tyler to get you know going active and often and if it wasn't for that one 84 yard touchdown dk's numbers would not be very good at all this last week so it's just a very sketchy situation for me here and i think jacksonville is really just catching stride um, i think seattle's just doing the exact opposite i think they're slowly falling apart and I just don't trust them very much at all right now, long story short. So with all that being said, give me Jacksonville to win 23 to 20. I guess we don't even have to make this spread one of the best bets. You can just straight up take the money line for Jacksonville and make more money. Bang for your buck. There you go. So moving on to my final bet, and this one actually is my final bet, <laughs> my final best bet, that is. It's going to be, and again, kind of stick into the spooky theme, but let's be honest, a lot of these bets from this weekend were pretty damn spooky. I had a really hard time, probably the hardest time picking these bets out of any of them the past eight weeks. So that should tell you how good the schedule makers are at making these things. I don't know if that has anything to do, if they just, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I'm lying, but it it's a good coincidence that the bets happen to be the hardest and sketchiest on Halloween weekend because it's Halloween. Who doesn't love a good, a good thrill, right? And, of course, haven't even mentioned the teams yet. My final best bet is going to be the Patriots at the Chargers. As we all know, I love paying close attention to matchups and how teams match up with one another personnel-wise. Personnel. Wow, I said that weird. Personnel-wise. And the Chargers are a team that I believe don't match up very well with the Patriots, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, starting at the very top, I love Brandon Staley as much as the next guy. Brandon Staley could end up being the coach of the year by the end of it. But Bill Belichick is still the ultimate alpha when it comes to NFL coaches. I mean, he is just 
so experienced and Staley is despite his talent very largely inexperienced and I think that inexperience can be very dangerous against someone as diverse as Bill Belichick as able to adapt a game plan on the fly as Bill Belichick and that is something that I think we could see playing out in this game secondly just two weeks ago we saw the Chargers get absolutely stalled out by the Ravens defense and I think the Patriots could find similar success I'm not saying that they're only going to keep the Chargers to scoring six points or three points whatever it was I think it was six points because that is just I mean it's highly unlikely let's be honest but it's there could be a similar script there could be a similar scenario you know what I mean like it's not going to be an absolute like slaughter like it was honestly with the Ravens game but I think that there's definitely elements of the Patriots defense that they could take from the Ravens game and find some of their success mostly because they have great man-to-man corners as we know JC Jackson is playing really well and he just is very young continue will to play very well and their pass rush especially with Matthew Judon is getting home very often and being very effective um, I also think their offense, in particular, their run game, is going to find a lot of success this game. This is the Patriots, that is. Uh, as we know, the Chargers' run defense is near dead last in both yards per carry and yards per game. I believe they actually are dead last in one of those categories. I can't remember which one it is. You guys could look that up. I think they're, they're like 30th in one and 32nd in the other. I can't remember right off the top of my head. I was doing this research last night. But either way, uh, the Patriots, as we know, have a great success running the ball. And they have a very strong offensive line with Damian Harris leading the way there in the backfield. Um, so I think this is going to help keep Justin Fields. I mean, whoa. Damn, his name is not Justin Fields. I think this is going to help keep Justin Herbert and that explosive offense on the sideline, drinking Gatorade. And the problem is with that, um, this is where... I don't think I can take the Patriots straight up. I just don't have the stones right now to do it. Um, I would love to and be right about it, and I feel like a genius. But one, this game's in LA, so that doesn't help. Two, it's yes, I think they can slow down this offense in the Chargers, but they're just so damn explosive that even if they run the shit out of the ball and keep Justin on the sidelines, they can easily score on any given drive in like three plays. So that's where I just don't have quite the guts to pick them yet but i think it's going to be a lot more competitive than people think i also think the patriots are one of those teams that they're not getting enough credit and even though their record isn't showing it right now they have been extremely competitive with some of the best teams in the nfl as we know they went to ot with the cowboys they probably should have beaten the buccaneers that game it was just they are a lot better than the record suggests long story short and again i don't have the stones to take them but I think the Chargers are going to win this one 27-24. And that'll leave the Patriots covering that spread. So, moving on to the segment that I've been looking forward to recording all week long. This is going to be my tre- trade deadlines. And this segment is going to be called Sticking with the Halloween Theme. It's going to be called Teams that I think should make themselves even scarier come playoff and late week football. And how they can do it. So... The first guy I've got up here is someone who I've seen his name flying around a lot, and I think it's for very good reason. Just so you know, some of these guys I did kind of just like pull out of my ass, and I was looking through death charts, and honestly, I had a really fun time doing this, and probably spent too much time on it, but that's okay. I just got really carried away, and um, I don't have too many names here, but man, it's hard just to like pull these things out of your butt. Like, I had to take a lot of influence from fucking 
all sorts of different articles and videos and whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I tried to make it as original as I could. So obviously I wasn't just listing like everybody, everyone's already been listing, but in the same aspect, it's, it's hard. It's very hard to just come up with these. And a lot of the people, a lot of the times, excuse me, um, it, with these big time journalists, they're hearing inside information. So it just makes more sense. And again, I hope that that keeps it from sounding like too unoriginal or whatever, because I think I do have some very original calls in here as well. But again, it's just, just wanted to put that out there. I'm trying to be as original as I can while also being realistic. And sometimes with that realism, you got to pay attention to what other people are saying too. So with all that being said, got, getting all that out of the way, the first contender I've got on the trade block that I think a lot of teams should seriously consider in trading for is Andre Dillard of the Philadelphia Eagles. So Andre Dillard right now is currently behind Jordan Malata on the Eagles death chart. And Jordan is not only an amazing story, which you should look up and totally read, by the way, but he's also an awesome football player. And he just recently signed a very generous and beefy $64 million four-year deal. And we all know how important offensive, line are, offensive linemen are, excuse me. And with this league being so pass heavy, tackle is arguably the most important position along that line. It's not surprising at all if someone would give up a very generous amount to get a talent like this because he is still on his rookie contract. He has still shown extreme talent and he was extremely sought after during the draft process. I believe he was drafted two or three years ago. I can't remember exactly, but I think there's plenty of teams right now who would give up plenty for this guy. Uh, some of the teams that I would really pay out, pay out, whoa, pay attention to slash look out for to make a move for this guy would be the Bears. Um, I don't think this is too realistic simply because I don't really think the Bears are in win now mode. Um, who knows though, because we're a fucking terribly run organization and we could make a run for him and I could see why they would want to. Honestly, I truly do. I just don't know if I agree with the move. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. I also think the Chiefs can make a move for him because we've seen their offensive line definitely have struggles. I think the Ravens could make a move for him because, again, they're in win-now mode and they just lost Ronnie Staley for the year. Stanley for the year. Uh, I think the Panthers could certainly make a move for him. Although their, their issues aren't really starting at the tackle positions, they could just use more offensive line depth, and they have a lot of problems along their offensive line in general, so it could definitely help. I also think the Steelers are a team that could definitely make a move for a guy like this. For I mean, all the same reasons I've already stated with the past teams, they're having offensive line issues, and I think they realize that this is the last year we got Big Ben, and we got to go all in and do whatever we can to win now. So, moving on to the next guy, we got we got Ronald Darby from the Denver Broncos. I've seen a lot of people mock up them to trade Kyle Fuller, and honestly, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I don't even know how likely it is they trade even one of their corners. I think this is still a little bit of a stretch, simply because of the division they play in. I mean, it's so pass-heavy. You've got the Chargers, of course, you got the Raiders, and you got the Chiefs. Like, those teams can just light you up and spread four wide, and you need a ton of corners in that division to match up with them. So again, I don't know how realistic this is, but in the same respect, the Broncos have a plethora of really, really good cornerbacks, and they're extremely comfortable 
with starting, you know, they're that they can have a solid five out there and still be absolutely fine if they trade one of these guys. And that being Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, you can still put out Patrick Zertain, Bryce Callahan can play very well in the slot, and then you can still have Kyle Fuller out wide. Um, and the reason why I don't like them to trade Kyle Fuller as much is simply because of their coach, uh, Vic Fangio. He comes from Chicago, and I think he loves Bryce Callahan. I think he loves Kyle Fuller, and I think he wants to keep those guys there. Whereas Br Ronald Darby hasn't played as much there, and I definitely think he could... A lot of teams would give up a decent amount for him. It's one of those scenarios where the Broncos have to be thinking about their future now because I think they realize that they're... Although no no team wants to admit it, I think it's well-run organizations know when they have to sell and they know when they have to buy. And I think right now the Broncos are in a spot where they have to sell some of their pieces and start thinking about the future. And I think that starts with Ronald Darby. And I think there is, again, corners a very valuable position. I think there is a decent amount of teams that could give up a all right haul for someone like Ronald Darby. Some fits I see here are, again, it's a lot of these teams in win-now mode, and I'm going to start with two of my favorite candidates, simply because not only are they in win-now mode, but they're also very thin at the position that is cornerback, uh, and that's the Packers, and that's also the Buccaneers. I think they're going to be competing with each other to get this guy, simply because, well, obviously they're both in the NFC, and they're both going to be very high seeds in the nfc but i could also see him ending up with a team like the patriots because they they love their corners they could always use another corner but i i mean that's not too much of a stretch it's just like belichick always wants corners end of story i could also see him going to a team like the ravens who we've seen their corners get beat up especially before the season even got going i could also see him going to a team like the vikings which is in a similar scenario to the ravens who have a lot of beat up members of their secondary and just a lot of unproven inconsistent guys and finally i can see him going to a team like washington who again defense is not nearly what it used to be there and i think secondary is a very big problem with that so sticking with the broncos i'm gonna quickly hit this one because again i don't think this is as realistic and i've seen this mocked a couple times and i just want to have my opinion about it because yeah i think it's a possibility but i don't really see anyone trading for this guy right now and that is melvin gordon um i see why the broncos want to do it and that's because they have javonta williams on their roster i think not only is he a better back yes he i think he's better right now but he is far cheaper and economically it just makes way more sense um again this team's probably thinking of the future so they're going to want to get some draft capital or whatever they can while they can but this is the problem. I just don't see too many teams even wanting him. I don't see uh, too many possible trade partners here. The, th the two I could really think of, and honestly, I don't think they'd do it either, would be the Eagles and the Seahawks. So again, I'm going to keep that brief. I don't think that's too realistic. If he were to go to a team, I think it'd be one of those two, though. Moving on to, this is a little bit more of a bold take. This is a very original one. I really haven't heard many people talk about this at all, but this is one of the ones that I came up with when I was literally just staring at depth charts for like probably an hour, um, just way too long, just like looking through every single team's depth charts, like what teams could use, what teams had a luxury of, what teams were preparing for the future, what teams are buying in now, all that type of stuff. And I kind of came to the conclusion that I think it'd be a pretty decent move for the Washington football team to move off of Matthew Ioannidis or Jonathan Allen. 
And I know that sounds pretty crazy and pretty out there. So just hear me out and you can fully tell me I'm crazy and you don't believe me and maybe my mystery, spooky, whatever fucking Halloween vibes are getting to my, to my head. That was stupid. I, that was a dumb joke. Just moving on. In the case of Jonathan Allen, um, well, they're paying him a bag. First off, I haven't checked the details of this contract, but right now he's getting paid $18 million a year for the next four years and nearly half of it is guaranteed. So the problem is here, maybe they already have to pay most of it next year anyways, and they might want to keep them because of that reason, uh, simply because it, even if they were to trade him, the cap hit would largely probably be on them. But again, I haven't checked the details there, so that could be completely wrong and they could just, there's i don't know i don't know my point is i don't know what the cap hits would be so yeah this one's a little shady but the matthew i noticed one is not anyways i'll get to that in a second um and again this is a team that right now they could be thinking about the future um i think they're very uncertain with what they have in quarterback i think they need to be concerned about their future um it's one of these teams again that's i don't think too well run and i think if they're a little bit better run they would be trading away guys like this just so they could get draft picks and i think a team would give up a very good amount of draft pick for that but it's also the fact that this draft class that's coming up is very very deep at defensive tackle and defensive end and there's a lot of versatility being shown by certain players in that draft class or in this upcoming draft class. I mean, we all know Kayvon Thibodeau is the absolute guy. He's probably the number one recruit in the nation right now. Um, but beyond that, I mean, Georgia has like fucking so many studs among their off or their defensive line that you could argue for. I'm going to argue for Jordan Davis. I really like the way that guy plays. I mean, you got Haskell Garrett. Uh, Chase Young's former teammate from Ohio State. You got Drake Jackson, who's showing a lot of versatility from USC and I think would just be an amazing fit in that Ron Rivera defense. So again, it's also why I brought up Ioannidis because he's not getting paid nearly as much, but his contract is up after this next year and they likely won't be able to pay him again. And I think, again, if this is just what I would do, I think well-run organizations tend to do this a lot. They want to get what they can from him while they still can because they don't just want him walking away into free agency and getting nothing for him. I think they should seriously consider getting some draft capital for him and moving on from him just so they can get what they can while they can. Because in two years from now, he's not even going to be under contract and he can walk wherever he wants. So... With all those points being said, I think it would be in decent interest for the Washington football team to move off of both Jonathan Allen or Matthew Ioannidis and or, you know, whatever they prefer. You get my point. One of the two, both of them, whatever. And, excuse me. I cannot find, oh, here we go. <laughs> I couldn't find who I put as like their best fits. Um, so... With both these positions again being in very high demand and i think that teams would give away a decent haul to get these guys i think there's just a lot of teams that are in win now mode that would give up a decent amount to get him and i think my favorite fits are well first my absolute favorite fit for either one of these guys would be the arizona cardinals i know the cardinals have a ton of d-line depth but with jj watt out for the season can you imagine just replacing J.J. Watt with Jonathan Allen. I mean, that is just too perfect. Uh, again, haven't looked at the cap space at all, but the way you can manipulate cap space these days, I feel like you can kind of do like almost anything. Just shift someone's 
contract back a couple years. Whatever you got to do, you get you got to do. And we see teams do it all the time. So I'm not going to rule it out yet. I also think the Raiders would be a great fit. I also think the Chiefs would be a great fit because their defense stinks hot trash. I also think the Bills could be a really good fit because you can still run on the Bills fairly well. And they're as although their ends are playing very well right now they could use some d tackle help for sure and i also think the ravens would be a very good fit i mean imagine calais campbell and jonathan allen together fuck Whew. anyways not sure how likely those trades are but it's fun to talk about none of these trades might not even happen anyways so again this is all just speculation all shit i made up sitting in my chair for way too long and probably putting too much effort into this but that's how i like it fuck it why not this is another one that I'm not too sure if this happens because, again, this is not a very well-run organization, and I think that if we were smart, we would trade him. And, of course, now you guys know I'm talking about a bear because I said we. If we're smart, we would just go ahead and trade him because we're not winning shit games anyways this year. We're not playing for this year. We need to start preparing for the future, and we need to start getting as many, as many draft picks as we can just to surround Justin with as much young talent as we can get our hands on. Cheap young talent, that is. But with all that being said, I would love if he gets traded because, one, I think he deserves it. I think he deserves to be in a better atmosphere, and I think he should just feel winning a little bit and i know he's extremely loyal to us and i fucking love the guy and bears fans love the guy but i am talking about akeem hicks i mean unfortunately again the bears i think are a little combination of being too poorly run and too stubborn so they won't move off of him and then you know he'll resign somewhere else next year because his contract is done this year and we're going to get nothing back for him in return, so we're just going to look like fucking idiots anyways. But if we're smart enough, I think we could get something decent in return, like, I don't know, maybe even like a third rounder. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think that, I think, I think I don't know, maybe maybe a team would do that. I don't know. Um, I could see a team like the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders. Uh, that's three AFC West teams, but <laughs> I didn't even realize that until now. I'm going to have a quick drink of water. One second. <sighs> Stay hydrated, kids. Um, I could also see Allen Robinson being moved. And again, I can't say I disagree. I would be too upset about this one. Like, sure, it would suck. I love Allen. He's one of my favorite players, um, in the entire league and especially on our team. Um, but, and I'd be very sad, you know, it'd be over. And even if he is having a down year, it's not his fault. And I think a lot of teams do realize that. And I think a lot of teams would still give up a decent amount for this guy. And again, he's on a franchise tag right now, meaning he was probably going to leave after this year and we're not going to get anything back for him. So you might as well try and get something for him before he just walks out the door. I think a lot of possible teams for this could be, well, I've been saying this for like damn near every trade, but I just think that it's i mean it makes a lot of sense because they're definitely in win now mode and i think they just have a huge opportunity to put the team on notice if they can just keep rolling what they're doing and that is the raiders i think the raiders are one really good receiver away from being just extremely explosive especially the way Derek carr is playing i mean and you got to keep up with justin herbert and patrick mahomes i just think it'd be a very very smart move for him but i could also see him going to a team like the saints who we've seen are very thin on receiver the patriots who again very thin on receiver or the colts who you know i i don't think you need me to say it i also think someone excuse me that could end up on 
these similar teams, the Raiders, the Colts, the Saints, that is, the Patriots, um, would be Brandon Cooks. Uh, just because a lot of the same reasons I've stated earlier with a lot of these teams, uh, Houston obviously needs to start thinking about their future. They're in major rebuild mode, and they have damn near no draft picks right now because of all the stupid-ass moves they've made in the, in the past. So I think a great move in their best interest would be moving off Brandon Cooks. And even a team like... like The thing is, like I would have said Green Bay in the Allen Robinson, but there's just no fucking way the Bears would ever trade him to the Packers. But I think... Brandon Cooks to the Packers could be definitely something that we see. Um, so I would just keep an eye out for that. Oh, I just lost my part on my notes. There we go. And again, I also think with a guy like Derek Carr just fucking balling, um, who, by the way, I haven't talked enough about. He is balling. I mean, like, balling. Like, having the best year of his career. And that's including the year that he was on pace to be MVP and then broke his foot. Um, I think that giving him another receiver right now would just be mean so much to that offense and man watch out bro if that's like really like honestly truthfully they're a pretty complete roster and their offensive line is playing a lot better than i thought they would and honestly better than i ever could have imagined they would before the season started um so even a guy like like fuck like robbie anderson would help him so much and he has to be on the trading block now because again Panthers are in a direward spiral. They got to be thinking about their future. They don't even know if they have their quarterback in that locker room right now. So again, I think someone like Robbie Anderson or maybe a huge splash play like OBJ would be a great move for the Raiders. I just think the Raiders have to make a move for a receiver. And I think that if they're going to make a move for any one of them, it'd be most realistically, I think it'd be Brandon Cooks or Robbie Anderson. But I mean, shit if they could really just wow the world and get obj that would be fucking awesome like truthfully that'd be fucking awesome anyways so that's gonna do it for all my trades all my what did i what was i calling this all my trades that i think would make a team more scary come playoff football and that's gonna do it for the pod as a whole i really hope you guys did enjoy this episode if you do the best way you guys can let me know is by reaching out uh, following the podcast, sharing it with your friends, all that good shit. Again, I will keep you guys updated with more news once I know when I'm going to be up in, whoa, once I'm going to be uploading these on YouTube, once I'm going to be recording myself, once my camera comes, all that good shit. We're just taking it very slow for now, day by day, trying to get better and better with each and every single pod. So with all that being said, go enjoy the game tonight. Uh, no pack, no, go Cardinals. Um, I was I wanted to make the Cardinals one of my best bets because they are currently favored by six and a half points, which feels a little low with no Alan Lazard and no Devontae Adams. But I just didn't want to, and it's too close to Thursday, so I feel like most of you guys won't be listening to this before the game starts. So I I just I thought it was a stupid fucking call because most of you guys won't even be able to bet on it anyways by then. So I just ignored it altogether. And again, I'm sorry for this week's pod being a little late. I've just had a lot of stuff going on. Um, but we're still going to get these out consistently to you guys every Tuesdays and Thursdays. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to stop bla- blabbling my ass off. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much once more. And peace out, everybody.